This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Well, COVID-19 has affected all sectors of our society, but local artists and music industry, well, they're not performing in front of live audiences because of days of large crowds are on pause. Our guest today knows all too well. So let's welcome him to the show, the amazing singer-songwriter and harmonica player, Scott Albert Johnson. Scott, Welcome back. It's good to talk to you, my friend. I've been talking to you a lot, I guess, over Facebook over the last few months, but it's good to have you back and talking to you in person. Hey, thank you, Marshall. It's, it's uh, great to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to be a, a, a jolly elf, like you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've uh, you've had a heck of a, t- a 2020. I just wanted to check. How are you doing, and how's the family doing? Uh, we're doing fine. Um, we uh, we uh, are, are probably, like a lot of people, not, not too sorry to see 2020 uh move on and and go into a new year um um i i've I've had some some medical issues which i've i've been dealing with but uh, i think they're they're starting to look better so that's that's been good and uh you know we're just we're happy and grateful to be healthy and to be together and uh you know trying to trying to appreciate the the things that are the most important i know i i saw that you were having the medical issues on the facebook i've been throwing you into my prayers i'm glad to hear that that you are on the better side of things and it has been tough because it seems like everybody that I know has been dealing with like one thing or the other. It's probably a lot of it's, and I don't know about your situation, but a lot of people, it's just the stress and the depression. And then on top of that, people are getting COVID and it's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, there, there's, I mean, I guess there's a playbook for this and when it, when it comes to how maybe, you know, a government should deal with a pandemic, but I think for most of us individuals, this is not something we ever, we ever anticipated. You know, I, I can, I, I can very clearly remember, you know, the, the, what I would consider to be the day that it all kind of really exploded that, you know, the day that the NBA basically shut down the same day. <laughs> and Tom Hanks got uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, I feel like we're lit with that. Those were that was the demarcation point before times and and where we are now. And it, it's you know it's been hard for everybody. And I you know I always think you know first of all my family's been lucky that none of us have have, have gotten COVID. Um, we've been tested several times. Um, and and on the other hand, I have a very good friend who had a very serious case and, and, and it really, you know, could have lost his life, but he's doing better now. Um, and, and I just always think that anytime times are tough, you can always think, you know, someone out there definitely has it tougher. So I tell you, I remember at that time too, cause I had done a couple trips and I think this will be, you and I have a lot to commiserate about being in front of crowds. Cause I do a lot of speaking in front of groups. Obviously I speak on zoom now, it's just a different planet, but I remember I went down to, I guess it was down to Mobile. I spoke down at the Grand, down at Point Clear, and then I spoke mm-hmm. up in the Delta, and then I went out to Monroe, Louisiana, and then I came home, and I've been in my house ever since. And it's, uh, I, but I remember writing on Facebook, oh yeah, I'm going to use all this time for self improvement and all that stuff. And I did what I normally do. I just threw myself into my work, 
And then around July and August, things started kind of falling apart. I started falling apart a little bit too. And it's just, I think this is a time that number one, COVID has pulled the curtain back on everything and exposed everything for what it is. But also too, I I didn't, I had the wrong playbook. And and I think, you know, I I don't think any of us really kind of knew how to approach this. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I I think that, you know, when it, when it first started and, um, and and when, when school went virtual, you know, for, for, all those those months, um, you know. You, you, I'm a musician, and I'm a I'm a I play a decent amount of jazz, so I'm used to improvising. <laughs> it was yeah. definitely time to improvise, and I, I I think you know, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way because this absolutely has been a tragedy on a on a just a, a global scale. But I tried to find the silver linings where I could, and one of the silver linings was spending more time with my family um, yes. and in sort of a life where I've, I've, I've not always had enough time to, to do that the way I would like and going on more walks and, and, and just, you know, noticing things more on those walks, noticing the, <laughs> you know, it's so cliche, but it's not smelling the roses, at least seeing the roses. And, and I, I don't know, I've, I've tried to, to hold on to that. And then, you know, I also, I've, I, tried to throw myself into some some work too whether it was with my you know my day job i worked with a, with a, a school um work with, with uh, high school kids um found a lot of reward in, in helping those kids stay on track and then also with my music you know uh obviously the live gig situation is, is a lot different now and has been since march um but uh, i started doing some streaming concerts from my house with uh, most of which were with my good buddy Chalmers Davis on the piano. And then I got back into recording and I actually uh, record, wrote and recorded the first song that I've put out in several years. And, and, and that song itself was, you know, informed a lot by the, the circumstances of the pandemic and what was going on with me. So I, I don't know. I think everyone has, has, to, has had to find their way of getting through this the best that they, they possibly can. And, and, you know, that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, it, uh, the song's float, and I listened to it, oh gosh, over the weekend, and listened to it again this morning, and uh, yes, I definitely uh, can see what you're talking about, how it was definitely influenced by what we're going through right now, and, and I could see a lot of your journey, and like I said, I, just from reading your posts on Facebook and you speaking your mind, I mean, I could see a lot of that in there, too. Very, very powerful. I tell you what, we're going to talk a little bit about some of this, too, a little bit later on the show, but let's just go ahead, for people that aren't familiar with you, which, number one, that's that's really a problem for them. They need to know these things. And, and so, so we're going to get them caught up to speed here. You were born in St. Louis, but you ended up here in Jackson, and I'm glad you have. I'm glad you're kind of like me. You ain't from around here, but you've made yourself from around here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got a great backstory. Well, uh, so um, I was born in St. Louis. My, my parents are from Hattiesburg. And um, so I lived in St. Louis for the most part until I was nine but even even during those early years i was coming to mississippi a lot to visit my grandparents and and then we moved to tupelo for about a year when i was nine and then moved to jackson when i was 10 so i i came here in the fifth grade i was here through high school and then i went went off uh up north um after high school and was i was gone for a long time i was gone for about 15 years and lived boston new york dc uh, a little bit in california um but 
there there came a point where I I, I, I started feeling the urge to come back, and the biggest factor I would say was 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 my parents because I had I had not been living near them for you know for 15 years and wanted to be closer to them, but I was also getting back into doing music and starting to play a lot and starting to think of it as a profession and and I just thought you know what better place to be than kind of the, the cradle where American music really originated and that's Mississippi and and the states around Mississippi too of course and um, so I came back in 2003 and it, I always I always like to say that the two best decisions of my life were, were leaving Mississippi and and coming back. Um, because, you know, I needed to leave and I had a lot of great experiences and I still have a lot of friends in all those different places I lived. But coming back brought me back to the, you know, a, a, a culture of, of, of closeness, of, of intimacy among people, just, you know, you know people, it, it's just a different vibe, I guess. And, and it also brought me to my wife and gave me my kids and, and got me back to being close to my parents. My, my mom passed in 2016, so I had you know, 13 years back in close to her and just, and, and my in-laws who I'm very close with as well. It's, it's just, it, it's been, it's been good on all levels to, to be back here. We're talking with Scott Elper Johnson, who is an incredibly talented musician and also too is the former field goal kicker for Harvard. You know, Vanderbilt could have called you up. You, you probably still have a little <laughs> bit of eligibility left, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I have dreams that, that I, 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 having a year of eligibility left and it's time to go suit up and invariably in, in those dreams I, I i can't find my uniform or my helmet or, <laughs> or something and then I, <laughs> then I wake up but, um but uh no i thought that was cool a, 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 I did a, too. a woman playing for vanderbilt that was that was awesome you know as the father of a young daughter I, i'm i'm a big believer that um anything we can do they can probably do better so um well she so seems I, to I be incredibly really cool, cool too is it uh, Sarah Fuller, right? I think that's right. She seems to be just an incredibly cool human being, and she's a keeper also for soccer, so I have a feeling I wouldn't mess with her too much. She's probably a pretty tough right. cookie on top of that. Right, right, right. And, and you know, I think it's 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 just a good it's a good signal to send to all these young women that, that you know, they there's they're, the world's their oyster, and they can, they, can, they can do whatever they put their mind to. And I, I like to think that Amen. everyone, regardless of gender or background, I hope would would view the world that way. Yeah, that, me too. I agree. I agree 100%. You know, you talk about coming here to to do music and of course, you know, the nice thing about Mississippi and the artist community and musicians and artists and writers is so incredibly, I mean, we're all friendly. I mean, it's like everybody knows everybody and I can't think of any place you could have lived where all your influences that you actually could pick up the phone and say hello to them and actually probably bump into them one night after a gig. I mean, that's that's the blessing of being here. Yeah, it's true. And 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 I'd add to that that some of the 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 best musicians and songwriters and artists and that I know here, they, they, you know, a lot of them they they do something else for for a day job. I mean, I yeah. mean, I've, a couple of one of my uh, good friends, Eric Strasner, fantastic songwriter, um, also a lawyer. Um, you, you know, and I've done so many, known so many art teachers who have do fabulous art of their own and it's it, it, it's a vibrant culture in that way and I, I guess one of the the biggest drawbacks to me from this pandemic is it's not just not being able to perform live I mean that's that's part of it but it's also that all my friends are 
are not getting to perform live the way they usually do, and I don't get to go see them. I mean, you know, not not that I, with kid, with young kids, it's it's not like I was doing that as much as I used to anyway. But that 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 musical community here has has I don't want to say fractured because I think we all still care about each other and want to see each other do well, but but we haven't been able to to be together and, and to hear each other do do our things and and. You know, I'm looking forward to that ending. I'm looking forward to concerts and things like that happening again. You know, I, I spoke with Jeff Good, um, interviewed him from Mississippi today, and we were talking about the restaurant business, obviously, and the restaurant businesses of suffering through some of yeah. the same issues. I guess the entertainment issue is too, because we're people businesses. You know, we have to have people. That's that's what we do. We we serve people. We 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 perform for people. And um, that's what this virus has done. This virus has stripped that away, and it has been particularly cruel like that. And, and I don't know about you, but, I mean, I enjoy getting up in front of a crowd as much as anything just because of the energy. And I miss that probably uh, as well, you know, and obviously the income. But, I mean, I miss just getting up in front of people and getting to see them smile and being able to entertain. And, and I know you do too. And, and I hope this virus, which is rolling out today, I mean, virus, the vaccine, which is rolling out today, I hope it makes a huge difference and we can get back out on the road soon. Yeah, I, I think we're all pretty united in that. And, and um, you know, I, 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 I do miss it. I, I'm, I, it's funny, as, as a performer, you can be kind of an introvert and an extrovert. <laughs> um, right. And, I, and, I, and I, I really like my alone time. And, and so it's not, it's not that it hasn't been a killer for me in that regard. But, but I do enjoy that connection so much for, that comes from performing and from, from, you know, saying hi to people who, who are kind enough to come up to you afterward and tell you that they enjoyed it and, you know, getting that kind of connection with folks and, 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 and performing a song that you wrote that, that you see has a connection with someone. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really worthwhile feeling. I mean, it's, it's a big part of why I kept doing what I, what I do. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, normal is is now in view <laughs> you know the light at the end of the tunnel is, is, is still a little far off but i think it's it's approaching and i think we're all very very grateful for that and we want to see that see that happen we're going to take uh, it's time for our first break we're going to take a quick one um we're going to go out listening to magnolia road by scott albert johnson you could of course give us a question a call if you have a question or comment for our guest that number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
miles away There I go But here my heart will stay Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever it is, we're here to help. Find out what we're all about and subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of a technical issue on my end. We're uh, listening. That was Float by Scott Albert Johnson. Scott, I love Float. I really do. I've listened to it a lot over the weekend and listened to it again this morning and just tried to really just break down the lyrics. And I think you truly captured kind of how I've been feeling and how so many of us have been feeling during this. Uh, tell us a little bit how, it came, how you came about the song. Well, um, so it, I, guess, I guess going way back, um, Back in 2016, when my mom was um, um, really struggling, and, and not long before she passed away, um, she was she was talking to me from her hospital bed about um, my music, and said, I, "She said I really would love for you to write a song someday about holding on." 
and and you know you know because because she was really hold, trying to hold on to that moment and she she was a 35 year survivor of of what was supposed to be terminal cancer um wow. endometrial cancer that she was diagnosed with back in 1981 they didn't expect her to make it more than a, a couple weeks and she lived 35 years and so she was always kind of my role model for you know being being tough and fighting through tough times so she said that and i thought well i'd love to do that but i'm also kind of wary of of, of songs that are too 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 preachy and too you know message-ish i mean you know i guess most songs most of my songs do have some sort of message but they're not so overt maybe and then as we got into this pandemic and i and and also as i was dealing with some medical issues of my own um i guess subconsciously that kind of came back to my mind and at the same time I was really looking for a creative outlet since I wasn't playing live as much and I was really missing songwriting it had actually been several years since I'd written a new song which is you know kind of frustrating and so I, I started uh, I'd, I'd been getting back into playing bass guitar which was my first instrument and I came up with this little sort of groove on the bass and at the same time I was coming up with some ideas about some lyrics about you know, trying to float away from your troubles, but really knowing that in the end, that's, that's not, you know, you can't really do that, that it's not a solution. And that was sort of the seed of the lyrics, and it, it took me a while to get them where I wanted to be. And then in the middle of all that, um, I had um, a surgery that, that had some complications, and that's that's when the, my, my issues really kind of started to, to get worse. And so I was really working on this song while I was dealing with that. And it probably would have been done faster if, um, if it hadn't been for those issues, but I'm not sure it would have been the same song. And, and I, so I guess I'm grateful for that. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I, it, it's hard to talk about what your, what, what anyone's song means, but especially your own, because it's really subjective. And I think once you put it out there, it kind of belongs to the people who listen to it. But I guess if I could distill it down to, to one thing, it would be that, that, um, you know, it, it is, very tempting to want to float away from tough times and to to kind of just whether, you know, obviously it's a metaphor, but to, to tuck ourselves away somewhere and, and on some level pretend that they're, they're not there, but you can't really do that. And in the end, you really have to face up to the problems and whether that's, whether that's personal issues or it's, it's a, it's a pandemic or, or whether it's the polarization in the, our society that we're facing right now. And, and, and I, for me, the song was as much about that as it was about, you know, the coronavirus. And I think we're, we're dealing with a lot of, a lot of almost, um, you know, existential struggles right now as a, as a society and as a planet. And I think we have to face those. And, and, and I wanted to find a way to express that. So that was, that was kind of what I came up with. Let me ask you this, Scott, because I, I hear, and I'm always a big fan of songwriting because I just, it's something that I, I, I can't even think about doing. I mean, I can write a little bit, but to write a song and to be able to put that kind of emotion and paint that kind of picture in just a few words, it's like a good poet. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they do it either. But let me ask you this. If you create something that's incredibly personal, and you hear this sometimes with songs where people are writing maybe breakup songs or something where they're, they've been hurt or there's some trauma in their life, and then they have to get up on stage and they re-sing it over and over and over and over and over. Does that bring back up feelings with you when you're singing the song, or by the time you're out there performing it on the stage, it's, it's taken on a whole different life in a different world? 
Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, sometimes it does bring things up, um, you know, particularly when I when I think about my, my mom or, or, for that matter, my, my wife's uh, stepdad, um, Al Simone, who I was also very close with, who yeah. passed away a couple years ago, almost just a little over two years ago. Um, or when it makes me just think about particular times in my life, you know, I'll, I'll be on stage and sometimes I'll get a little little, little catch in my throat or something. Um, um, but then there are, I would say maybe that's the exception. Um, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins, the the great actor, you know, he, he was asked once in an interview, you know, what were you thinking about in this particular scene? It might, I guess it was, might have been when he was playing Hannibal Lecter. What were you thinking about at that dramatic moment? And he, he responded, I was probably thinking about what, what time lunch was going to be. <laughs> there is a certain kind of, um, you know, it's an art, but it's also a craft. And, and when you're when you're performing, you, you are thinking about okay, how am I going to hit that note at, that, at this time, or how am I going to do the next song? I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Sometimes I think about what what song am I doing next, and and you know, there's there's a certain equilibrium I think between those those two points where you're you're a professional, you're doing what you what you do, you're you're trying to get your song across the best you can, but the song, especially if it's one you that I wrote, I mean, it came from somewhere, and sometimes those things do come back up and, I, and I'm I'm sort of comfortable living between those those two extremes I guess you know I was thinking about what you went through this this um, with your health and everything and how humbling it is and you and I are you're, you're a little bit younger than me but we're about in the same category and our kids are getting older and that's starting to slip past us and we're just at this point and I, and I lost my parents and then this summer I had a back problem to where I can barely walk after running a marathon two years ago so it's like it's been a very humbling year this year and you know, that's why I guess your song meant so much to me. I understand that desire to float, you know, because it would be kind of nice to duck and hide. But, you know, you look at this year and the problems we've had, and I hope, and at least my hope is for at least maybe the country and maybe for us personally, and I think I've seen it with you, is that we're going to come out of this stronger and we're going to come out of it better. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesse Jackson once said you get your stars from your scars. And, um that's true. Um, and, you know, I've, obviously I've, I've known about a lot of the issues you, you were dealing with over the years and, and a lot of my, and issues that a lot of my friends have dealt with. And I, I've been, you know, incredibly lucky health-wise for most of my life now. I'm, I'm, and I actually, I think we are about the same age. I, I, I'm, I'm 50. And, um, yeah, we are. I, we're there. I, yeah. And so, I, you know, for the first, I would say, 47 years or so of my life, I was, I mean, I, I, I've, I've just been incredibly blessed when it comes to help and so you know i sort of look at i was like i was i was kind of due for something um and uh, you, you know again it's been tough a lot of people have it tougher and and i i, I think that you try to look for other people for inspiration you know and I've, I've looked to you for inspiration a lot of times frankly and and um by the way i do think you could probably write a great song if you, if you put your mind to it but but um you know, everyone has to deal with things in their own way, and you, you, you do look to others for inspiration. But ultimately, we gotta we gotta get through it our, ourselves. Hopefully, with support from others, that we do it in our own way. And I've been trying to do this in my own way, and I, everyone else, you know, I've I, I do like I, I said, I do work with with high school kids, and um, a friend asked me about kind of the the synergy between my my that that part of my life and music part. And I think in both parts of my life, I'm, I'm trying to connect with people 
and I'm trying to, um, you know, communicate with people. And if, if I end up helping them ever, you know, maybe almost by accident sometimes, then that's, that's, that's wonderful. More, more often they end up helping me, whether that's, that's my students or, or my colleagues or, or my, the musicians I play with or the people that, I, that, are, that, that come to my gigs or listen to my recordings. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. You have such a gift. I mean, it re- you really do, and you do heal through your music and, and that. But, you know, the hard thing is right now, and I'm really – I mean, I'm kind of curious. I want to kind of get into a little bit about the kids, too, dealing with the students. And, and I've got high school uh, senior in my house, and, you know, I try to touch base with him and see how he's doing. And, you know, you know you, last year was hard on the, the seniors because they lost their spring, but this year it's like the whole year has been disrupted, and, and that's been tough on kids. How has how have the kids at your school been dealing with things? And I mean, are they? Because I, I, I would like to think when you're 18, 17, you're pretty resilient. But how are they doing? Um, I don't want to make any blanket statements because um, it, it's again, I don't I don't want to say everything's great. And, and it's well, yeah, I understand for, that for the ones who's, who, who who it might not be great. But I do think that. Um, the kids that I work with have shown remarkable resilience, and I, I, I think kids are, and, and you know, kids, adolescents, you know, young adults, whatever you want to say. I think they have a resilience that that um, sometimes we don't give them enough credit for. Yeah. And um, I think that by and large, the kids that I have worked with have have shown that. Um, it, you know, it, it has been extremely disruptive, and and it, it is a real shame that some of them are missing their you know the things about their junior or senior years that would have would have been so special, or their or the beginnings of their college experience, or their sports seasons. You know, I, I, I my, my my kids who played baseball, they lost their entire season last year, and and that's 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 terrible. Um, yeah. I think they also most of them though understand on some level that it could be a lot worse. That that they could be losing a lot more than a baseball season. And that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the, the, the frustration or, or the disappointment. And, and all of that is, is very understandable. But I think I, I, the kids I've worked with do seem to have a really good sense of perspective about things. And I think this whole time has, has given us hopefully all of us perspective on, 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 on things to, to, you know, it's, it, it is, it is, I think, understandable to mourn the things that we've, we've lost, but also to appreciate the things that we still have. And I think that's one of the things that is going to carry us through, hopefully. You and I both, I think, have struggled through this a little bit. And one of the things I've noticed is, like, on social media, people going through the five stages of grief. But there's been a lot of people that you just kind of want to just throttle, you know, because they, they post <laughs> stuff and it's insane and everything else. And it's like – you've actually kind of come to peace with it a little bit and right before we're about to go to break, but just right. Uh, what, what have you learned this year about the whole social media experience? Uh, I've learned that I can turn it off whenever I want. <laughs> and I do. Um, and I, I, I really, and, and this actually happened before the pandemic. I, I don't, I, I really try to, limit my posts and my comments and, and, and really just, you know, I, I, I have pretty strong opinions about things, but I also, yeah. I also think that, you know, this country is, is, is so polarized and um, 
there there's so many good people that I may not agree with about a lot of things, and I, I I'm 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 really trying to hold on to the idea that that we we we've got to we've got to find our common ground, and I don't know that social media is always the most helpful device for finding. Sometimes it is, but I, I I think it's all you know. It's like with any other technology. I think it's in, in in how you use it. I mean, you know, nuclear technology has been used for good and for evil, and and the same thing with computers. The same thing with just about anything, and and um, so I, I really try to stay away from things that are going to make me go to a darker place, and 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 try to you know for the light where I can find it. Yeah, and you're doing a great job on that. So we're going to take our last break. So stay tuned if you don't want to miss what's coming up next. This is now you're talking on MTV Think Radio. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MTV Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Today, we've been taking a look at the effects of coronavirus on the music artists out there. Plus, singer-songwriter and harmonic player Scott Johnson has joined us to tell us a little bit about that and talk about all kinds of things, including his new song, Float, that's out, which is pretty cool. Anyway, Scott, welcome back. Um, Scott, um, you know, you've got to do something really cool. And one thing I love about Mississippi is if you do something on large on a national stage, people in Mississippi are so incredibly proud of you. They like to see somebody do well from, from the state of Mississippi. And when you got up on that stage with the Boston Pops, man, I, my heart really burst out of my chest. I was so happy for you to get that opportunity. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Uh, yeah, well, excuse me, I got something on my throat. Sorry about that. Um, it was incredible. I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, something I hadn't even really even dreamed of because, you know, what harmonica player thinks they're going to play with the Austin Pops. But, um, and I actually, I, I think I, I was the third one ever to do it. Uh, Toots Thielmans and Robert Von Siglio were the other two. Wow. Um, okay. But you, you were, so a couple, um, well, well, I guess the best 
best thing I could say about it is, first of all, everyone there was so welcoming. The conductor, Keith Lockhart, was awesome. All the people with the pops were amazing, and they really made me feel comfortable. Um, and you were asking about what it's like when you're performing. Does, does, do things ever kind of creep into your head, or do you, do, do, does the emotion ever get to you? And it didn't for the most part, but um, it was I, I, the performance, was, it was at Symphony Hall in Boston, and in that room, which is an incredibly beautiful venue and the acoustics are incredible, um, if you look up at the top around the, the, the perimeter of the of near the ceiling, there are all these kind of, I guess that you call them stone figurines, almost not not gargoyles, but like like nicer than that, but like these these cool almost like Renaissance looking figures. And there was a moment when I was singing where I I looked at one of them and I forced myself to just stare at it for a second while I was singing because I thought that would give me a moment that I I didn't want the moment to to pass into my memory and you know because moments don't lead on to another moment and then before you know it you've kind of forgotten what the experience was so that was my sort of way of holding on to the experience for just a few seconds and and it worked because I can remember how I felt just exactly in that moment. And the other thing was that, you know, my, my wife and kids were there and, and um, my, my, my wife was sitting in the front row and my kids were in the balcony. And afterward, my, my, my son, Benjamin, who was, who was, I think he was in fifth grade at the time, said, told me, you know, when you got out there, I yelled, that's my dad. <laughs> and I just, I just, oh. you know, that, that meant a lot to me that first of all, that he told me that, but also just, just that they were there and they got to experience it with me. It was, it was pretty cool. That really was. I mean, to get that. And you're right. If you can get in that moment and create that memory, it is beautiful. Let's let's go back to Float for a second. Like I said, this is the new song that's out. And, you know, it's amazing with technology now that you can, you can you know, do so much more than you used to be able to. But you, you produced it. You engineered it. You mixed it. You played every instrument except for rhythm guitar and the guitar solo, which Kevin Sibley did. Tell us a little bit how that all came about. Uh, well, it was, you know, partly, you know, necessities of other than mentioned, you know, we're, we're, we're all isolated in this pandemic. And, and I had this idea and I, I really wanted to make it happen. I didn't necessarily have the, 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 the wherewithal or the just logistically to, to try to pull together musicians. And then I just, you know, I kind of knew what I wanted. And like I said earlier, I've been getting back into playing bass, and I'd also been getting into playing more guitar. And um, so I actually played um, the first guitar solo on it, and then and then Kevin, this, you. Uh, okay. fabulous guitar wow. player uh, Kevin Sibley, um, played the rhythm guitars and the and the second solo, the one the outro at the end, which is just fabulous. Um, and but I I, I kind of did most of well really I, I kind of did everything else other than very important feedback that I got from a lot of my musical friends and colleagues like like Chalmers Davis and Kenny Graber, a drummer that I've worked with a lot over the years, um, and some others that they listened to it and they had some, some advice for the mixing. And, and uh, um, so I had a lot of help, you know, in that regard. But but it was, I don't know, music is a collaborative medium usually, and um, I love that about it. But there was something kind of nice about 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 making this myself and, and, and just working on it until it was done. It was something that, you know, again, kind of going back to how we're all getting through this, it was really valuable for me, not just creatively, but just just personally and life-wise, to be able, to be able to do that and to be able to kind of throw myself into it until it's done. 
And you're one of the top harmonica players in the world, and there's no harmonica on it. In fact, I think that's yeah. the first song you've ever done that didn't have a harmonica on it. That's, it, it kind of, that's new for you. I've ever recorded and put out that, that didn't have harmonica. And and some people were disappointed. Some people tried to talk me into it. And, and you know, I love playing harmonica, but, but just something about the way the song was evolving and my vision for it, um, I couldn't find a place that I, I thought it worked. I tried. And I actually recorded a little bit, and I just, it just, I just decided this time I, w- I would, I would, I would, I would save the harmonica maybe for the next song. You got a really cool video as well that's on YouTube. People can check that out. Um, and you, you were involved in producing that as well. Uh, yeah. Um, um, my, oh. Actually, my boys Charlie and Benjamin shot some footage of me, and then I met a guy named Paul Garcia in Argentina. Um, who makes videos and, and uh, we we kind of did it all over over the internet. He 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 put it together, but uh, my boy shot that footage of me that, that, that he inserted into it. So that was that, that was is cool. that is very cool, Scott. We've run out of time. I hate that. I love talking to you. Uh, your website, real quick. Uh, ScottAlbertJohnson.com and uh, Float is on YouTube and Spotify and all the other other services. Hey, have a good Christmas. Scott, good talking to you. We've come to the you end of too, another Marshall. great show. Oh, no problem. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, well, we've come to the end of another great show. I want to thank our guest, Scott Albert Johnson. If you missed our live program, you can listen to the whole show. And now you're talking at mpbonline.org. Also, if this is a production of Michelle McAdoo. Thank you, Michelle. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell. It's coming up. Have a great week. Stay safe and stay warm today. It's a little chilly. And we will see y'all next week. Monday.